Andrew Tate is someone that we've talked about on the show before. Uh, If you are not familiar with him, you probably are now because he's been making waves this last week after an arrest in Romania for human trafficking. Um, And if you don't if you don't necessarily know his history, uh, this is someone who has been a really viral a uh, misogynistic men's rights influencer. He classifies himself as a misogynist. Uh, he became famous after appearing on the UK version of Big Brother back in 2016. He was kicked off the show after a video uh, surfaced of him beating a, a girlfriend of his. Uh, another video emerged of him telling a woman to count the bruises that he caused on her. This is just to give you an idea of how horrible this person is. Yeah, and he sees nothing wrong with with smacking somebody around uh, of, of women. And he, he's just, this guy is not a pleasant person. And he has been able to find ways to monetize that and really tap into that sort of playboy lifestyle and the massages, you know, and I don't, I do anything I want kind of, a, kind of an attitude. Well, he's, he put out a, 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 tw- you know, a tweet after he got back on Twitter where he'd been kicked off that. Uh, he was allowed back on. And he was talking about all these vehicles and laughing about the carbon emissions and said a note to, to Greta Thunberg, who, of course, everybody is fairly familiar with in the climate action uh, world. And she ended up just owning him and talked about him maybe trying to compensate for something, etc. And it went on and on. Well, shortly after that exchange, he gets arrested in Romania. And a lot of people said it was because he had this picture of himself uh, you know, having a cigar with pizza boxes in the front that it was Romanian pizza boxes. And that that's how the Romanian police knew where he was or knew that he was there. Then they fixed him up. There's some questions about whether that's truly the only thing that led to his arrest. But he is under arrest, charged with human trafficking, for example, uh, in Romania. And this could be his demise. Let's hope so. What a so. bizarre story. I mean, this guy, without a doubt, this guy is an absolute monster. But he does have some supporters and some people that that continue to follow and continue to say that they they support his messaging and support his cause. So how much influence does someone like this really have? Uh, we're going to get into it right now with our next guest, who's uh, the manager of the Toronto Holocaust Education Center's online hate research and education project. He's an online hate researcher. Aten Quintal is joining us. Aten, good morning. Thank you so much for being back with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, how do you describe Andrew Tate? I'm curious. Um, I mean, I think misogynist is a good place to start, but Andrew Tate's a popular influencer. Uh, his videos promote um, what passes off as a very conspiratorial worldview. Uh, he tells men, especially young men, that they're um, stuck in what he calls the matrix, uh, and that to exist this matrix or this matrix, they need to make money, they need to treat women badly, and they need to treat kind of everyone around them uh, with disregard. Um, and uh, he's managed, as you mentioned, to find a way to monetize that. He sells courses online and so on. Um, and he's got a surprisingly large following for how awful the things that he says is, particularly, again, amongst young men who uh, are looking for you know, someone to emulate, for guides to follow. Um, so all of this is very concerning. It's hard to understand. I mean, I think if you have any sort of shred of common decency to understand why he would have a following I mean, everything that he is spewing is just—it's—it's it's hate. It's—it's it's awful. Is it—is it that he's filling a gap that exists at ten for for men's rights influencers? Is it, or is it his exact messaging that you think people are really latching onto? I mean, I think there, there's no lack of men's rights influencers out there. I think where he finds kind of a gap is that he's able to pass off a lot of what he says. 
as uh, kind of humorous, right? People aren't necessarily sure when he's serious, when he's joking, because uh, you know he'll switch between saying the most awful misogynistic things, and then he'll say something along the lines of, uh, if my son's a nerd, uh, I'll have to duel him and fight him to the death, because, you know, there can only be one of us. And we, you know, it, 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 it's stuff that comes off as very silly, and so that disarms a lot of people, and then there's a lot of people who will consume his content, not because they see it as, you know, serious political advocacy, but because they think it's, you know, a funny dude out there who's just uh, making, you know, jokes that are uh, maybe in their opinion a little a little spicy. But ultimately, I think you need to recognize how political and how complex of a worldview he is really telling people. Well, one way or another, somehow or another, he, he has made a good chunk of, of cash. He's created some kind of an empire out of this. With most sort of snake oil salesmen, you can argue that they don't actually believe what they're selling or what they're saying, but they do it because they know that they will attract attention, that they can create something out of this. Now that he is being charged, and uh, you know, and again, they are charges uh, with something like human trafficking, it leads to the credibility of people who say it's not just an act this is who he is yeah i mean i think what's most surprising about just about everything that has to do with him is just how explicit he's been about his behavior the way he treats people but even just when he talks about the, the specific allegations of sex trafficking how often he's actually admitted to it like he talked about how um, he you know brought in his many girlfriends and forced them to stay with him and made them do um, sex work online, like this is all stuff that he has openly talked about. Um, and what's surprising, even on top of that, is that no matter how often and how explicitly he stated it, there's still people who are out there denying that any of this is true, that he's being uh, arrested as a political prisoner, that the globalists, that the matrix or what have you are coming down on him. Um, and really, this shows the line between um, how much you can blur political speech online just by passing it off as, as you know, slightly humorous. So, I mean, we like to watch the downfall of someone like this because he's he's very easy to hate. But in terms of the real influence that he has, I mean, how much real world damage does someone like this cause? I mean, are we seeing copycats crop up? And, you know, now with him getting so much attention after this arrest, does that only add some fuel to the fire of his message? I, I mean, I, I think what's most scary about this, and obviously he's got an online reach, you don't necessarily know how that translates, but I, a part of my work, for example, uh, involves doing workshops in schools. Um, I frequently speak to teachers about the issues that they experience in the classroom, and I've had conversations with teachers who've told me just how helpless they feel when they hear their students, particularly their male students, uh, talk about Andrew Tate, talk about his beliefs, kind of laugh it off. Um, and I think this shows that this issue is very real. Uh, we've got, you know, misogyny in the classroom. We've got anti-Semitism in the classroom and so on and so forth. Um, the issue is here, and we really need to address it uh, in, a, in, in a wholesome manner in order to make sure that, you know, our teenage boys particularly understand um, that, you know, the, this type of speech has a context, that that context is very important to understanding what's actually being said, and that, you know, internalizing that kind of speech can lead you to some dangerous places down the line or in the case of Andrew Tate uh, in a prison cell. Uh, just, uh, I'm curious as well, you know, it, does this come back to being a Twitter thing, such a publicly accessible platform? He had been uh, he had been off of Twitter for a long period of time because of some of the things that he had said, or do these messages get out regardless of whether he has a, a public platform uh, to, to, 
to say what he wanted to say. Well, what's interesting is uh, as part of one of his mon- uh, of one of his monetary schemes, he's running this school or this online learning platform called the Hustlers University, um, where for fifty dollars a month, he claims that he'll teach you to be a multimillionaire, and he's specifically targeting that message towards young men. You know, saying even on this website, there's a, a section that says. You know, uh, young man, instead of spending $50 on a video game that you'll get bored of in a week, why don't you, like, take this course? And then in a few weeks, you'll be able to impress your friends with how much money you've made. Um, and, you know, that message, he's specifically targeting it towards young people. He's made a lot of money off of it. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's really figured out a way to... Um, to, to, to keep that content afloat. And one of the things that he does, especially with that course, is that he'll tell young people, you know what's an easy way to make money online is to make content that gets you publicity on, on social media websites. What better publicity is there mm. than posting uh, Andrew Chase videos? So whether or not he's on Twitter, whether or not he's on YouTube, whichever platforms he's been platformed off of, his content stays there and his likeness stays on there because he's got an army of uh, particularly young men who will repost anything that he's ever said in order to get views, in order to get reactions, and in order to get money. Wow. Aten, thank you so much for making the time to uh, share your perspective and give us some more detail on it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.